Who cares about your team winning the Super Bowl when your team could win the offseason? My name is Danny Heifetz, and I host the Ringer NFL Draft Show with Danny Kelly, Ben Solak, and Craig Horlbeck. We cover trades, free agency, the draft, obviously. We cover quarterbacks, and there are a lot of good quarterbacks this year. And the teams at the top of the draft, Washington, New England, Chicago, big teams with big histories. Listen to the Ringer NFL Draft Show on Spotify. It's New York, New York, presented by FanDuel. Take a shot at betting the NBA with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100 Gambler or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Roll, baby. Welcome in. It is a special edition of New York, New York. Don Zestrensky on location in South Africa. Obviously, we took care of these special episodes right before I made my way to South Africa. But, you know, I think it's the perfect way to come full circle on these episodes with the combine here and there, with the combine in our minds, with football now about to hit their free agency period. To start thinking about what these teams might look like for 2024 and how our 2024 season is going to be shaped. So what we decided to do with this episode, we had a great chat with Marcus Spears, who I really like on ESPN. He's very opinionated. He's got a lot of takes. He's got a lot of energy. So we had a good sit down, kind of looking back on last year and what to look ahead at going into 2024. I think you guys are really going to enjoy that conversation. We're also going to have Matthew Berry and... We had Jason Katz on each and every week. Matthew Berry is like the founder of all this fantasy stuff as far as, you know, the rankings and everything that comes with it. So I thought it'd be a lot of fun to kind of take the two of these, have a little bit, have a little bit, edit that out. Take the two of these, have a little bit of fun and kind of set the stage for what's coming up over the next few months. And, you know, there's going to be a big draft in late April. And for what it's worth, if for some reason Brock Bowers is there to be had for the New York Jets, that's a conversation that Joe Douglas, Robert Sala, and company are going to have to have because I know they have tight ends who are professional. I don't think our buddy CJ is going to be back on the team, just my gut feel. They have the Long Island kid, Rucker. They have Tyler Conklin who caught like 60, you know, this guy who's going to catch 60, 70 passes probably with Aaron Rodgers. But Brock Bowers... 
looks like he's going to be that dude in the NFL. And we just watched in the Super Bowl a few weeks ago, two tight ends who were at the top of their craft. Uh, George Kittle and uh, Taylor Swift's boyfriend. You know, those guys are pretty good. They're pretty special. So I think it is at least worth the conversation if Brock Bowers is on the board. I don't know if he's necessarily going to be, but that is something I would think about if I'm the New York Jets because it helps your team. You can block and you can make plays in a passing game. So loaded triple threat show. Marcus Spears, Matthew Berry, Brock Bowers, they're all coming your way. Hey, football season never stops anymore. Triple threat interviews coming your way next. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. So, out of the country next two weeks. You know I've fired on some futures. I've taken a stab. Minnesota Timberwolves to win the Western Conference. Still like 9-10-1. Correct me if I'm wrong. They're the number one seed. What am I missing here? Too much value. How to get involved. Another one I'm thinking about. And it's crazy high. And I know they've shown no signs of being capable of being a team that's going to win the Eastern Conference. That Miami price. I mean, have you seen that Miami price? Win the title, win the East? Salvating. You saw it last year. Might be worth that Miami tax. That's 150 bucks if your bet wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and more. Just visit FanDuel.com slash NYNY and shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Must be 21 plus in present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100 Gambler or visit theringer.com slash RG. First, online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. All right, I'm fired up for this one. One of my favorite players in college football last couple of years, Brock Bowers, Georgia tight end, soon to be NFL tight end. What's happening, dude? Uh, not much, just hanging out. So I'm going to go out on a limb, and I'm sure you might have heard this on a couple of occasions. Dude, I think you're the best college tight end I've ever seen. <laughs> oh, no, well, I'm dead you. serious. Thank like you. I've seen a lot of great tight ends. You like you like the sound of Anybody ever tell you best college tight end ever? Oh, I, I see it sometimes on social media, but I mean, it, it doesn't mean much right now, I guess. Well, and you're thinking about the next step, but I want to go back to your Georgia career. You did some special things there. You played on some great teams. When you think back on your time as a Bulldog, national championship, your favorite memory? Yeah, I'd say I'd say both them are, like, especially the first one, because it was just kind of like, um, just seemed like the whole, I mean, just the first one in like 40 years, so the fan base was all fired up about it, and it was just it was just awesome between the the, the Natty and the parade afterwards. It was just all oh, I can't imagine what Athens is like. It, it was special, yeah. So talk me through what it's like. You win a national championship. You come back to that college campus. Is that like the most insane place on the planet? Yes. Man, it was it was insane. Like people carrying like light poles down the down main like down like the main downtown. It was it was crazy. Like Tim Portfolio, it was just crazy. So first, I bet you the first title, it's your first, right? So it's always going to be that much more special. But the idea that you guys go and beat Bama, right? Like, did that take it to like another extreme? Yeah, I think it was because uh, I mean we we lost them in the SC Championship game, and then uh, I mean we we didn't want to lose them again. We had to come out and play our best game, and uh, yeah, it was definitely special for for us and 
uh, everyone a part of a part of our fan base and everyone. Now you guys had a great season. You lose the Bama game, and I still would have made the argument you're one of the four best teams. You don't get to take advantage of this now because you're getting ready for the next step in your football career. You think going to a expanded college football playoff? Good thing for the sport? I do. I want to see more playoff games. Yeah, I mean, I think it is because, um, I mean, those kind of, it feels like it's taking some of the fun out of the bowl games, the transfer portal and um, opting out and stuff. And now with more teams, it makes more meaningful bowl games. Um, and that that just is a bit better for the game, I feel like. And um, for te- teams like us, I mean, we, we, we played a good year all year and then lose our ch- conference championship game, our extra to week. To Alabama, then, you know, yeah. it's not like you're and losing then, to some random team. Yeah, and then we, we get bounced, but um, you got to be perfect at the end of the year, but, uh, and we weren't, but uh, yeah, it, it would have been nice to have a shot at least. Okay, so who is the guy, you're growing up, you're getting into football, who is the guy that you like imagine throwing you like a game-winning touchdown? Like, was there a quarterback you're like, man, I want to I want to catch a pass from this dude? I'd say Tom Brady, for sure. Tom Brady. Yeah, he, yeah, he, he was, yeah. Uh, we have a lot of Jeff fans in the audience. Okay. How about the sound of Aaron Rodgers throwing you a pass next year? Uh, that'd be sweet. So do you think about this as you're going through the draft process or it's like, wow, I'd love to be in this city. I'd love to be in that city. Or is it like, listen, I'm getting to live a childhood dream. I'm going to be playing on Sundays in the NFL. Do you like think about the idea of where you might be playing next year? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think about it. I mean, it's kind of crazy that one night um, you're somewhere and the next night, I mean, the next day you're, just have to move completely to a whole nother city that you don't even know about. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. It's going to be something completely new. But, uh, yeah, I guess whoever wants to take me. Well, I don't think that's going to be much of a problem. I'd love to see you down in South Florida playing for Mike McDaniel. As you guys just told me a few minutes ago, Brock ain't going to be there when the Dolphins are picking. So maybe they got to go and do something different. I'm knocking water over. See, that's what happens <laughs> when I want Brock Bowers on the Miami Dolphins. I make a mess of things. Um, for you now, what do you have to work through between now and the NFL draft? Is there, like, one thing that you're going to be, like, thinking about, working towards? Take me through that. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd just say uh, just working on all facets of my game, just uh, trying to get my body completely completely right and um, just everything like that, just getting stronger, faster, bigger, um, get my mind right for interviews and getting my football IQ up and everything because it's just a whole nother league and a whole nother speed of the game up there. So who's the tight end? There's two great ones playing in a game coming up on Sunday. But who's the tight end Brock Bowers is like, man, maybe it was when you were a kid. Maybe it's now in college where you're like, I want my game to be like his. Oh, man, I try to I try to model my game after, um, I mean, I guess just kind of a bunch of different guys. I mean, I love watching uh, Kittle and Kelsey and growing up watching Gronk. Um, those are the three main ones that I, that I love to watch. Yeah, and, you know, you might be playing in this game at some point. You know, like you might be the guy, and I say it all the time, Quarterbacks need a tight end. Is there something to that, right? Like the idea that, hey, you're going to make the quarterback's life a lot easier? Yeah, I mean, uh, I caught a lot of check down passes, little flat passes at Georgia. So, I mean, I thought I thought it kind of helped out our quarterback too, give him a little out out there. All right, Brock, talk me through what do you got going on at Auto Trader? Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, my first per- big purchase probably me a car. Nice. I, Congratulations. Get my, get my check and, uh, yeah, get a new car. And they're going to help me with the process, make it easy, streamline. And um, so I can focus on football and not about – Buying a car. So they'll, they'll be helping me with that. Uh, have you ever been in New York City before? I have not. Never. Think Brock Bowers can handle a Big Apple? I do. <laughs> I will see. We'll see what happens. I think there's a good chance Brock Bowers might be handling the Big Apple. Hey, thank you for a few minutes. Congrats on a great college career. And I expect a big-time NFL career. I'm buying Brock Bowers stock, okay? Well, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. No good stuff. Brock Bowers. We're coming right back.
This should be fun. He's tremendous on television. He's representing Louisiana Fish Fry. Yeah. Marcus Spears over at ESPN. What's up, Marcus? What's up, Jay? I'm chilling, man. Good to be with you. Um, Radio Row has been always a scary proposition for me, but I finally found something that's worth making the rounds about. You, you found your calling, and in all honesty, this is a good warm-up for next year's Super Bowl Ooh. when Louisiana is going to take center stage. Brother, I, I, I can't wait to welcome y'all to my home state. The hospitality is what we major in. And the food, comas all over the place. I believe it, man. Yeah. I believe it. All right. I'm going to let you have an opportunity to buy stock okay. in one of the two New York teams for next season, right? So I do a podcast, New York, New York. Spent a lot of time talking about the Jets and the Giants. And listen, the Jets were a disaster. Aaron Rodgers gets hurt four plays in a year. Season was cooked. The Giants, they come off a playoff appearance. Marcus, everything goes wrong for them. So... 2024, I give Marcus Spears a chance to say, hey, I'm buying stock in the Jets or the Giants. Who are you buying stock in? Jets. Why? Because Rodgers? I love the young core. I think Aaron has another year or two good fo- of good football. And I don't think that that team needs great MVP football. I think that team needs good, consistent quarterback play that can score 21 to 24 points a game where a defense – is motivated to go out and get you stops. And I'm going to be honest with people because we hate, like, we hate saying the real in sports. Brother, when you as good as they are on defense and you going out there 12 times a game trying to stop people, you're not going to be the same defense, right? So I think, and that was the whole idea of Aaron Rodgers coming over. We expected Aaron to play great, and we knew he would be an upgrade, obviously, over what they had there. But with that young core, I don't think he needs to be MVP, Aaron Rodgers. I think he needs to be a good quarterback who's obviously top tier, but coupled with that young core, bro, you're talking Quincy Williams, Mosley, Quinnen Williams. You're talking sauce on the outside. The defense turned the ball over three times in the first game of the season that they should have lost because Aaron Rodgers was out of the game. So the cupboard ain't bare. I love the running back. I love the receivers. Garrett Wilson should be in these conversations of the C.D. Lambs and the Well, Tyree and he Hill. will be next year. My point exactly. But they need a second receiver. You would agree yeah, with that, right? Sure. They need a second receiver. Yeah. They need some complimentary parts. Offensive line got to get better and healthy. But they're in the wrong conference, though. That's it's, what it's, I would counter. It, because, listen, you, you present an argument where that defense improves because, yeah. hey, they're much better on offense. They have competent quarterback yep. play with a Hall of Famer. I would hope so. Yep. But, Marcus, I look at the division – Buffalo's won it the last four years. Yep. Josh Allen ain't going anywhere. Mm-hmm. McDaniel's got a well-oiled machine in Miami. They got some questions, but they're a playoff team each of the last two years. Yep. And then, hey, Mahomes, Burrow, Lamar. AFC's tough, bro. It's tough. But I also saw teams that middle around 500, almost all of them get into the playoffs in the AFC. East. I mean, That's the AFC this year. So, I listen, Here, here's what I always say. Because we made this mistake when Russell Wilson showed up to Denver. And Pat was there, obviously. And we know Justin Herbert was there. We was like, this is about to be the greatest division in football. Man, things change in a calendar of an offseason, right? I don't know what's going to happen with Stephon Diggs in Buffalo. I don't know if that team is going to be the same. I know Von Miller got a contract that's astronomical. Crazy. That they going to have to make moves about. I don't know if Tua had a great year. Are we really afraid of Tua as a quarterback, though? Like, do we really think that he's going to be a guy that we walk into the stadium saying, well, we can't beat that guy. And Aaron Rodgers is our quarterback? 
don't get me started on New England. New England, I like the Mayo hire. I don't know how he's going to be as a coach. They devoid of talent, bro. So as much as we gas up the AFC East, justifiably so with Buffalo because they have a cyborg at quarterback who's phenomenal. Things are going to change there. If Aaron Rodgers is healthy and you get two or three pieces, the Jets are going to be a top team in the NFL. So you're buying stock. You're in on the 2024 Jets, okay? Ain't that what you're supposed, you're supposed to buy low? There you go. And sell, sell high, high, right? All right. Good investment. Well, I think I'm buying low right now. All right, fair enough. Okay, I'm a Dolphins guy. Yep. They haven't won a playoff game since I was in seventh grade. You Marcus. like you like the Cowboy fans. You they like literally, me. The, you know the meme, the Spider-Man meme? Yeah. That's basically that's it. Us. Except the Cowboys, when I was growing up, won they three won Super Bowls. Bowls. Yep, yep, yep. I never saw Marino win a Super Bowl. I love the coach. He's quirky. Yep. His offenses are fun. But you saw down a the stretch, they played big-time teams. They couldn't beat them. Now, Kansas City game, listen, that was the narrative playing out exactly the way we thought it was yep. going to. And Kansas City's in the Super Bowl. But are they a team now? Two is situations interesting to me. He's good. But is he Kirk Cousins? He's Dak. He's Dak Prescott. But they need cap space. They got guys they got to take care of. So they almost need to extend them. You don't extend them, oh, you're going to lose the a Christian Wilkins. The have the conundrum that everybody else has. Yes, exactly. It sucks, dude. How would you handle if you were Miami? Oh, man. Listen, Christian is going to be interesting. Because they got to pay that man. They got to pay him. It's tremendous. And there's a lot of people out there that want to pay that man. Um, this thing was supposed to be built on an explosive offense and you outscore everybody. And that 70-point game against Denver, and that was defense and offense, got us to be like, yo, this is... Who's going to stop that? Well, I contend this with my team, who is Dallas. I contend this with your team, who is Miami. At some point every year, we watch it. Will the, guard, will the guy that's the signal caller play above the X's and O's? Because that's how you get to Super Bowl. It's fair. We can talk. It's a lot of good quarterbacks in the NFL. A lot of good ones. Are you going to have a streak when that tournament starts of... When you get hot. Losing your mind like Eli, Eli did. Of course. Right? Like, Eli's a great quarterback because of them playoff runs. Well, that's the thing. Like, People, statistically speaking, were not putting Eli Manning over Tony Romo. No. But guess what? When Eli played in games that mattered the most, Marcus, that's when he, he shined. So and that's why he's going to be a Hall of Famer. So I'm having this hard time right now with a bunch of my colleagues and people in the media calling people great. It's a hard thing for me. I get that. Greatness was always defined for me. What do you do in the most pressurized situation for us to walk away saying you were the reason they won? That's greatness to me. Really good, elite trip, uh, attributes, talent. It's been a million NFL players with that. It's been a million guys we've seen go to Pro Bowls and be all pros in one year and then never get to that ascension again. So are we going to deem them great? No. I had this argument about Josh Allen. Is Josh Allen great? What has Josh Allen done that's great outside of give us elite performances? Can't fight you on it. Brother. Can't so fight you on it. It's one guy right now. Mahomes. That's great yeah. in the NFL. All-time great. And he answers those questions every time in highly pressurized situations. The narrative on Brock Purdy is changing. Because of the fourth quarter in Green Bay and the second half in See, Detroit. I'm with you on Purdy because, listen, people are looking at this game now and they're saying, listen, Mahomes, Purdy, obvious mismatch. Don't right, get right. me wrong. 
San Francisco had this narrative, hey, you can't come back. You can't win a game in the fourth He's quarter. He's the reason. And, hey, say what you want about Purdy in the first three quarters. He made plays when they needed he to make plays. He made plays when they needed to make plays. And you get judged off of that, man. Like, that is not – I almost be like, am I saying something? Am I speaking gibberish? We've always determined greatness by runs in important, highly pressurized situations. Now some dude come out and throw for 4,500 yards and he great. No. Bro. It's about they, what you do in January. Come on, man. Like, January so, and February. Yeah, so for me, it's one great quarterback. The, the question is always going to be, and this is when Joe Burrow ascended. Highly pressurized. Yeah. I'm going to beat you. Now we can start throwing that term around. Because, bro, we saw you in highly pressurized situations beat the captain, the king, right? So, yeah. Down big in that game, too. Yeah, you've had great performances. You've had elite performances. But to put an overall arching great on you, man, that, that, I don't know, man. That take a little bit more for me. All right, Giants fans. (laughs) They got the sixth pick in the draft. Yep. They got a weird spot with Saquon. I just had Saquon on. Since I get, feel I get, he's got to come back. The Giants need to move, try to move up and get a quarterback. The problem is the first three teams in the draft are all probably taking quarterbacks. Hey, man. Hey, man. Such is life. Do you like Michael Penix? No, I don't. Why is that? Armstrong? I, 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 I don't like the performance in the championship. I didn't like that. play well against Michigan. That's um, fair. And two, sometimes, this is me, sometimes because QB is by their name, we overvalue it, right? We, gotta, we got the last pick of the draft about to play in the Super Bowl. Mr. Relevant. Evaluate talent. That's what I will give credit to the San Francisco 49ers for. Because they created a disaster, too, giving away three first-round picks for a dude that don't even play with them no more. The, the 49ers are lucky, bro. Yeah, normally you make that mistake, it kills a franchise. Yes. sets you back five years. But somebody in that building was like, yo, this kid from Iowa State has some things that fall out. fit with what we do, and it has come to fruition. So do I like Michael Penix? as a college quarterback who put up great numbers and threw all over the yard. Yeah. But I don't think Michael Penix is worthy of a top six pick, just like I didn't think Daniel Jones was. So, I mean, it, for me, that it's as simple as that. Is he, a, is he a professional quarterback? Yeah. Can he be serviceable? Absolutely. But we've, we've so overanalyzed, and so we give these because it's a quarterback. Oh, it should he should be in the first round. Bro, no, he shouldn't. It's okay to say that. But, you know, he probably will because everybody thinks. Well, and if one, you can nail a quarterback, too, outside of the first round, yes. they can figure out a way to do figure that. You're not to do paying them for the next couple of years. Amen. That's how you load up the roster. There are there are certain there are certain quarterbacks where you know, yeah, he need to be a very high level that. Drake May and Kayla Williams are, to me, guys that can change a franchise. What about Daniels? I think Jaden can do it, but Jaden has done it one year, right? And Joe did it one year. I think Jaden's ability and his uh, – first of all, I don't think he gets enough credit for his down-the-field accuracy. Like that – because he's so athletic. We get – it's what happened with C.J. Stroud, bro. We saw C.J. Stroud operate at a higher level than any quarterback in the in college. But because he wasn't a dual threat, he didn't go first. Which is insane to think about now. Right? Insane to think so about. So let's not, let's not make the mistake again of saying Jaden Daniels 
is fast and he's explosive with his legs and not pay attention to all them hell of a good passes that he threw under pressure and the out routes and the tough ones that's hard to make. He did that. Final one, your Cowboys. Are you stunned the head coach is back? They remind me of the Yankees, Marcus. I mean, so I mean, you're a Yankee fan, right? The Yankees used to fire everybody. Yeah. Now they fire no nobody one. because they're comfortable. They're the money-making machine. I almost feel as if the Cowboys, they're the money-making machine. Yeah. They're like, hey, all's good. We're in the playoffs. Okay. Man, I I couldn't believe that. It shocked dude. me. And, and if, you, if you've ever watched, I'm a big – bro, it's hard to win 36 games in three years. I'm, I'm never going to come on and say Mike McCarthy is a bad coach. No, of course not. But if the point is to go win a championship – They've not done that. You got to figure out if this guy is really the guy that's going to get you. He won one in Green Bay, right? But we, that ain't now. Over a decade you, ago. And before Mike McCarthy was hired, it was supposed to be a coach that gets you <laughs> over the hump. I was shocked that they kept him because of the performance against Green Bay. I always judge it by, was your team prepared? I didn't think Dallas was prepared. So I was shocked. And then, you know, Belichick and Vrabel becoming available changed a lot of things about that narrative. But I guess if you're Jerry, you look at it and you say, do I want Bill? Do I want Mike Vrabel? If those answers are no, you stay with the guy. But, you know, I get crushed by, I live in Dallas. And people know I love the team. I get crushed for telling the truth. We weren't good enough roster-wise, and we weren't good enough coaching-wise to win a Super Bowl. No, I'm wrong about that. Listen, <laughs> I, I expect a big-time chicken sandwich here. Oh, boy. Dangerous. Marcus Spears, Louisiana Fish Fry, ESPN. Dude, you're a rock star. Continue Appreciate success. it, brother. Good luck to y'all, man. Thank Appreciate you, man. it. That's Marcus Spears. We're coming right back. All right, we got the star of fantasy football. A guy needs really no introduction. This should be fun. Matthew Berry, NBC Sports, Peacock. You work with my buddy Connor Rogers, which I like. Welcome to New York, New York. How are you? I appreciate it. I, I, I prefer to think of Connor as working with me, but yes. I like the yes, sound Yes, we're of that. colleagues. Uh, no, uh, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Uh, you know, a lot of pressure on me. He said this should be fun. So I feel uh, like if it's not fun, I, I feel like I it's on me. I now. See, now I feel like you're hyping up expectations, yeah. and I don't know where to go from here, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, listen, I have, uh, I've made a career of lowering expectations and then slightly exceeding them. So I think we're okay. Well, it sounds like my golf game. Yeah, you know, perfect. you just lower those expectations. Anything you do other than that is going to be fantastic. That's how my marriage has stayed intact. There you go. Absolutely. Fantasy football. Yes, sir. When did you notice, as somebody that's been doing this your entire, basically, career, when did it become this phenomenon? I feel like, for me, Mm -hmm. as somebody who is a kid of the 2000s, had a fantasy team in high school, I felt like it kind of got to another gear late 2000s, early 2010s. I I was going to say somewhere in like the 2008, 2010 range right there is where I sort of feel like that really... I went to ESPN in 2007, and I'm not sitting here trying to you know put that on me, but I just I felt like um, when I went to ESPN in 2007, like it would be like one of those things where you'd go to a party, like what do you do? And it'd be like, well, you ever heard of fantasy football? No. Well, see, it's this game that you play, you draft players, and how will they do real life? Is how well your fake team does, blah blah. And so, and then you'd go like, you know, what do you do for a living? Why well, fantasy football? Oh, oh yeah, I'm like, you know, I think. I think my kid plays that or my, you know, I have a cousin that really loves that, you know? And then, and so that was, 
that was like 2005 that you'd start getting that answer. 2005, 2006. Fantasy. Oh, yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah. My cousin plays it or my, you know, there's a guy in the office that loves it or whatever. And then by like 2008, it'd be like, hey, Matthew, so it flexed this week, you know? And so when I would go out to party, like I no longer had to explain who I was or what I did. I was being recognized and people were, you know, they all had a fantasy question. So for me, it's... Don't you get a sense now too that the fantasy owner has become so much smarter because of all the information that's at their disposal? Like I used to think... Not to to my own home, Matt, but like, you know, I did my homework, I did my research. I'm like, wow, I got a leg up on this stuff. Now I almost feel as if the common fantasy player can go and access your stuff and can access all of the other resources that are out there. Waiver claims, all this stuff, all this mumbo jumbo, they know what they're doing. A thousand percent. It's much, it went back in the day when you were playing, when I was started, everything like that, that, that was the key, finding information, right? Just trying to find, like, People don't, before the internet, like just trying to figure out like who's inactive. I mean, like just stuff that we take for granted now, you know, well, you get an alert, uh, you know, so-and-so, you know, McCaffrey's out. Okay, Elijah Mitchell in, right? That stuff, like you had to search newspapers, like you you had to call and like it was tough to, they had to get emails. Um, So it was hard to find information. Nowadays, the key isn't finding information because to your point, not only is there me, but there's a zillion guys like me right? And there's websites and there's 24-7 news channels and information channels and tickers and, you know, Twitter and social media. Like, it's a zillion things. Now the trick is sifting through all the information to figure out, here's what's real. Here's what isn't. This is what I should listen to. Here's what I shouldn't, you know, the, the signal and the noise, right? You know, sifting through that. That becomes the key now around information. Okay. What's the biggest mistake for all my fantasy players who are out there listening? And I guarantee you, 98% of my podcast audience has a fantasy football team and they're probably reassessing, hey, what went well? What went poorly? Just, you see it all the time. You've been doing this for years. What's the biggest mistake people make when they're drafting a team? When drafting a team, I think too often, God, there's so many mistakes. I think one of the, <laughs> like, well, first off, I think one of the big mistakes is, is I think people become too tied to rankings. Now, you're talking to somebody that does rankings for a living. This is what I do, and I don't even follow my rankings to the T. Every draft is different. Team needs are different. Rules are different. Gu- draft rankings are meant to be a guideline, you know, and just sort of like a... But when you're constructing a roster, like, you have to be able to zig when others are zagging. You have to be able to understand kind of the marketplace, right? And if there's a run on wide receivers, you're dumb to, like, try to, what? God, I got to get the last wide receiver. No, no, no. Go get a quarterback. And you're like, well, but I already drafted a quarterback. Okay, fine. But you know what? If you have Mahomes and Josh Allen, chances are you're going to be able to trade one of them for a better wide receiver than you're going to draft in this spot. You know what I mean? Like people, the biggest mistake, I guess, John, what I would say is that people don't realize the draft is just one part of the process. They freak out too much. It's just like you're, all you're doing is building a foundation, a foundation of your roster. Not everyone on your that you finish draft day with has to start every week for, you know, for your team. You're going to trade some guys. You're going to drop some guys. You're going to pick guys up. You know, you never know. There'll be guys that, you know, over the course of like a month are going to be, I'm trying to think of a good example, but um, whatever, Keaton Mitchell. Keaton Mitchell was like a usable fantasy asset for about a month this year, right? You know, like he wasn't anyone that got drafted really because he had a good preseason, but he was hurt. And so the idea is, is that, you know, using the draft just as a, as a blueprint, as a foundation, if you will, that you're going to then 
add to and subtract to throughout the season. And I think does you that gotta, make sense? No, it okay. does. And, and I think you got to be able to evolve too, yeah. right? Like I used to be one of these guys that would never draft quarterback early. That was one of my rules. I'm like, I'm not taking a quarterback. Sure, sure. I'm not taking a quarterback. Then all of a sudden, the quarterback position kind of transformed into this like dual threat nature: the Jalen Hurts, the yeah. Josh Allen's, the Lamar Jacksons of the world. Sure. Where I'm having crummy fantasy seasons, and I'm like, well, I need to go and get me one of these guys that's going to be able to do both attributes. You know what I mean? So, like, I almost think having certain principles and realizing, hey, what worked five years ago isn't going to work now, you got to realize that. I'll go one step further and say you realize that there's no one right way. To your point, it's like, I never want to draft a quarterback early. Okay, fine. But, you know, if you drafted Jalen Hurts or Josh Allen this year, that paid off. Probably had a great team. Right. But if you drafted Justin Herbert this year, it didn't, right? On the other hand, you also could have waited late and drafted Dak Prescott or George Stroud or C.J. Stroud, and it worked out great. Oh, by the way, or you could have worked, you could have, uh, you could have waited and drafted Kenny Pickett and Desmond Ritter, who both had preseason sleeper appeal and both sucked, right? So, I mean, like, you know, you can... Give me a theory, and I can give you players that both prove the theories right and give you players that prove, nope, that wasn't the way to do it. There's a zillion different ways to win, right? And you, by the way, to your point, you could screw up your entire draft, but if in the first week you picked up Kyron Williams, Puka Nakua, and C.J. Stroud, who weren't drafted in any, any league, pretty much, you probably won your league anyway. It didn't matter what you did in your draft, right? You just had to pick up those three free agents those because, you know, those were the ones that hit in a big way. Obviously, a lot of Jet and Giant fans listening. Sure. Brees Hall, first-round fantasy pick next year? Number two running back overall for me. Ooh, yes. First, okay. ra- first round, first rounder, and my number two running back behind Christian McCaffrey. So you think monster breakout monster. coming his way? thousand percent. You think about how good he was down the stretch, how versatile he is. There's nowhere to go but up for the Jets' offense. I have to believe this offseason, fixing the offensive line will be a priority whether it's the draft, free agency, or both. They have to, right? And so you think about the Jets' offense last year. Everything that could go wrong did go wrong. The offensive line was a disaster. Rodgers going down, revolving door at quarterback. Brees Hall's not 100% until midway through the season. And then, again, you see what he did over the second half of the year. So explosive out of the backfield, so good as a pass catcher and as a between-the-tackles runner. Sky's the limit, especially assuming Rodgers comes back, assuming um, they fix the offensive line in the in the... Uh, offseason, sky's the limit for him. So I advised my wife to take Garrett Wilson in her fantasy draft right. last year, thinking Aaron sure, Rodgers, monster year, late yeah, first yeah. round pick. Didn't go according to plan. Not Garrett Wilson's fault, but no. we know what happened. Are we expecting Garrett Wilson maybe yes. a value pick? Because I don't think he's going to go in the first round this year. Maybe get him in the second or third. Yeah, I mean, I think he's probably into the first uh top of the second I get I bet you he ends up going towards the end of the first top of the second assuming we see you know preseason Rodgers and like you know all the hype that we saw in the preseason of like Rodgers to Wilson you know during training camp and you know all those hype videos yeah Rodgers talking about like he's you know he's where Devontae Adams was or he's even beyond you know where Devontae was at stage and all the hype yeah he's insanely talented Saquon Barkley sure love his game yeah but he's a running back we know what happens to running backs when they reach a certain age. 
time to sell if you're a Saquon owner or no? I don't think so. I mean, let's see where he plays next year, by the way, right? I mean, there's not a, a given. A, I think he'll be back with the Giants. I do though. too, but it's not a given. It's not 100%, right? You know, because it was a one year deal, right? That he, he signed. And they could tag him. Right. We'll see how that shakes out. Do they want to tag a running back? Right. I mean, anyway, so, right. I'm with you. I think, it, you know, if I had to place a bet where he's playing next year, I think it's the Giants, but not 100% given. But no, I don't think so because he is still. Yeah, and I think he's, you know, I think he's a second rounder, but he is still one of the few people in the NFL that you can say, this is somebody that's getting almost every snap that a running back on that team. You know, we're in a league where there's so many running backs by committee, right? It's to find a bell cow running back, somebody that you know is guaranteed to touch the ball close to 20 times a game, that has breakaway speed, that's a guy that needs only one play, that, you know, isn't game script dependent. They're up big. They're running with Saquon. They're down big. They're throwing to Saquon. Like, you know, he's not coming off the field unless he's hurt or just needs a quick breather. So uh, I'm not out on Saquon just yet. No. So I'm a big Dolphins guy. Okay. I had Raheem Mostert basically in every league. Fantastic, Amazing. Right? Could have yep. worked out better. Devon Achan is coming. There's no denying that. Sure. Got the breakaway speed. I don't know if he can be a guy that's going to get 20 to 22 carries, but Next year, I have a chance to keep Mostert in a couple of leagues. Do I? What am I doing here, Matthew? Yeah, I think I think you're I think you're waiting to see what happens. Is Mostert back? The fact of the matter is, is that I think Mike McDaniel comes from Kyle Shanahan's offense, right? He was the run game coordinator, obviously. And so, think about Shanahan's up until they got Chris McCaffrey, he was always always a multiple running back guy. And so, I think that's what they want to do. To your point, whether it's Mostert and HN or whether Mostert leaves and they bring, they have uh, Jeff Wilson or whatever it is. They don't want either one of those guys carrying the ball 20 times a game because both have had injury histories throughout their career. HN got banged up in Texas A&M, obviously banged up last year in the pros. Mostert has been, you know, this was the healthiest he's ever been. And he still, you know, missed a game here or there and, you know, was nicked up in less than hundred percent in certain times. So I think they will mix and match the positives of both those guys and the explosiveness of that offense is they don't need a ton of a touches. I mean, like, we did a stat on my show where um, in every game that Devon Achan got double-digit touches, like not a lot, like at least 10 touches, he averaged 120 yards. Now, some of that, because he had the 200 yards, like it's skewed, right? Cetera, it's, it's yeah. skewed. It gets skewed a little bit, but the fact of the matter is, is like, again, both these guys can take it 70 yards to the house every time they touch the ball. And so, you know, 12 to 15 touches in a Dolphins offense, I'm in on that. Final one. You're a Q's guy? I am. I'm a Q's guy. Yeah. 2010. Nice. Uh, I don't I'm miss- a lot older. I'm, uh, yeah. That's all right. No, I'm, I'm a lot older. We don't got to go there. It's, uh, all good. it's okay. I wasn't looking for that. What do you miss the most about that campus? Not the snow. I know you don't miss that. Me neither. You know what I miss? And I don't even know if they were there in 2010. Were Sal's wings there in 2010? They were not. Okay. Sal's wings was a thing when I was there. I, I graduated was in 92. Was it on Marshall? 19- not 1992. It wasn't even a Marshall. You got it delivered. Okay. It was like, wait, you know, but like Sal's wings were just like. I wonder if it was uh, Wings Over Syracuse. Was was that around or was that something Wings different? Over Syracuse wasn't there. But um, listen, I miss I miss Varsity Pizza. I miss I miss games in the Carrier Dome. You know, um, uh, you know, miss my friends. Right. You know, I had a great group of friends in college and we. I, I'm. My very first fantasy football league was formed at Syracuse University. It is still going 30-some-odd years later with, like, I think 10 of the original 12 members still in it, right? And the two that we replaced 
are also Syracuse guys that, you know, we knew like, so it's all guys that I went to college with. And so, um, so, you know, but you know, and it's one thing to keep in touch that way versus just, you know, seeing them down the Isn't hall. Isn't that the beautiful thing about like, fantasy yeah, though? Keeps people is. together. I got my juice league. I got my SNY league. I got my old work league. Yeah, yeah. It's a little disturbing how many yeah. leagues I'm in, to be honest with you. It's not disturbing at all. It's a beautiful thing. I The other thing I miss is just, you know, us winning. Because when I was there, like, we were good. Both sports, too. Both sports. Donovan McNabb and, you know, and and the, and the Orange, you know, Coach McPherson. And then uh, we, and I was there uh, with Bayheim. I got there the year after uh, uh, Syracuse lost to Indiana in the final, but Keith I was there, smart. you know, whatever. Oh, Keith Smart, awful. But, you know, Derek Coleman, Stevie Thompson, and, you know, Billy Owens, you know, like whatever, just, um, you know, I'm just, I'm now mixing years. Billy Owens was there then, but, um, but yeah, I mean, like, awesome. I miss us being good. Matt I, was there, I was there when, yeah, it was Derek Coleman and Stevie Thompson, yeah. I like the sound of that. Syracuse being relevant, being top-notch. Maybe at some point in our lifetime, we'll get back to that. I have I have high hopes for our football program. This Robinson, uh, Eli, the new defensive coordinator, Elijah Rock, he can recruit his ass off. Well, look at what He's, this Fran Moore has done. Oh, He's my dead, God. Fran Brown yeah, everybody. Yeah, exactly. It's insane. So, I have high hopes for football. I'm nervous about basketball. I am, but too. But it may... It may it may take you miss a the while. Big East? I miss the Big East. I miss the Big East. I miss the Big East. I miss, yeah, I miss hating Georgetown. Georgetown, Nova, Miller, St. Yeah, John's. thousand percent. They don't have that in this new No, league. they don't. It's not fun. Thanks for stopping by. Appreciate a few My minutes. My pleasure. Matthew Barry. We're coming right back. So I think it's fair to say we did a nice little job of setting stage for what's going to be coming March, April, May, June, July, August, right into September. I know it sounds crazy. Sounds insane saying, hey, football will be here before you know it. Because we have a baseball season to play. We have NBA and NHL playoffs to look forward to and a tournament to look forward to. But trust me, time flies. I mean, I feel like this year, more than any other year, it kind of symbolizes that with the fact that my wedding is over. And the next time we have a conversation, my honeymoon will be over. You think about it in that way, and it's like, whoa going to be like 50 years old ranting and raving before you know it it's not as far as you think 15 years away from me 14 after may insanity all right uh last trivia last thing i'm doing before i come back let's hear it, larry aj larry what was the last year an acc team got a number one in March Madness. Second question is, last year in MLB, three guys got 200 or more hits. Who were they? I'm out. Right, I'm going to start with the college basketball. The last year, an ACC team was a one seed. I am going to say it was the year Virginia won the tournament. I'm going to say 2018-2019, Virginia Cavaliers. <laughs> Felt good about that. So wait, Jay, before you go, Larry didn't notice this. This is a three-parter, three answers in one. There's also more than one answer for this question. So you got one. There are two more. Do you want to take a stab at trying to find the others? Oh, so you're telling me it was in the same year? In the same year, we have two more from the ACC. Do you want to That makes sense, at? actually. That makes sense. Um, I think it was Duke in North Carolina. 
because the Duke team was the was the Zion Williamson team. That was the Zion Williamson Duke team, and I'm blanking who was on Carolina. Bet you, Armando Baycott was probably on Carolina. I mean, that guy's been on that team for feels like a half decade, maybe even more than that. Um, so I don't remember that Carolina team as well, but I do remember the Duke team. And I thought Duke was going to win that year. I did. I thought they were going to win that year. So job well done, Larry. I was ready for you. So it was, I appreciated the assistance because I, I would have guessed for sure Virginia and I forgot about the other two. All right. Three guys, 200 hits last season. And getting 200 hits now is really, really difficult. Not many guys do it. You got to play all the time. You can't walk a lot. It's hard. It's hard. I think I'm going to have a hard time with this question. My first guest, Stefan, is Larry's boy, Jose Ramirez in Cleveland. And my first guess would be incorrect. My second guess would be Los Angeles Dodger, Mookie Betts. Walks too much. All right. My next guess, Braves outfielder, Ronald Acuna Jr. There we go. All right. One down, two to go. One down, two to go. 200 hits. I'm telling you, it's harder than you think. It's harder than you think. You got to, like, go through the teams. You got to think about guys who, like, play all the time. They don't walk. It's, it's tough. Here's a guess. Diamondback. Corbin Carroll. Mm. These next two, I think, are going to be really tricky. Really, really tricky. Um... How about Yandy Diaz with Tampa? See, these guys walk too much. All right, I'm throwing another one out there. Simeon with the Rangers. This is brutal. This is brutal. I, I told you this was going to be a tough one. Larry saved the toughest one for last. Are you surprised I have not gotten the next two, Stefan? Uh, one, yes. The other, kind of, kind of. But I, I think you 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 definitely know these guys. Like they're they're those guys. Like both of these guys. Okay, okay. One of them you're more surprised with than the other. Okay, that's an interesting way of looking at it. Uh, Altuve, Astros. <laughs> Missed too much time. To the Astros guys. Uh, here's another one. Kyle Tucker. I need some hints here, Stefan, or I'm going to be doing this all day. Perennial, perennial monster. One of these guys. He's a monster. Like, he does this every year. Amongst the best players in the league every year. Top 10 guy this past year. Top five guy every other year. Right there. One of those guys. The other guy, he's coming up. He is on a terrible team, but he is the shining star. Of this all right. Team. I think I know one of them. Bobby Witt Jr. Wow, when you threw it out that way, I was like, oh, it's got to be Bobby Witt Jr. Um, terrible team. Jeez. The other one's a top five, top ten player. Uh, Manny Machado. Stefan, I'm waving the white flag. I'm done here. I'm really? done. You're yeah, going to be I'm upset done. at this. I'm telling you, you're going to be upset that you didn't guess these two. Freddie Freeman. 
Yeah, I should have known that. That's, that's and fair. Luis Arias. I should have known both of them. Arias ended up hitting 400. So for me to blank on him is unacceptable. See, yes. Freeman, I didn't guess because I thought he walked too much. Yeah. But he's such a monster that he walks a lot and he gets hits and he does everything. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, both of those guys are bad misses by me. So I saved the uh, the best or the worst for last. Not the best for last. The worst for last in my trivia performance. Well, guys, gals, the next time we have a conversation, I will be stateside. You will have the full comprehensive recap of my two-plus weeks in South Africa. I will tell you that I hopefully, God willing, did not get eaten by a lion and survived my international experience. I'll have some good stories. We'll recap what's happened over the last two weeks. We'll have a, we'll have a lot going on. So thank you for being with us here the last two weeks. I hope you enjoyed these shows. They were a ton of fun to do. I feel like we kind of covered the bases, setting the stage for the month of March and what's coming up. Stefan, thank you for all your help putting these together. I got a lot of travel ahead of me. Buckle up. I better pass out. I better sleep. JJ out. We'll chat when I'm back in the States. Be good, everybody. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 100 Gambler or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, Vermont, and Virginia. Call 100 Next Step or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700, or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia, or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org. Or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts. Or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York.